Do you trust me? What an interesting, interesting question. Um, and it's one I want to ask this morning, but not do you all trust me? Hopefully you do a little bit, but not too much. But do you trust the Lord? Do you trust God? And if the answer is yes, then our lives should reflect that. Right? If we say that we trust God, then every action, every reaction should mirror that. People should be coming up to us and saying, I don't get it. Shouldn't, you should be freaking out right now with everything that's going on in your life. If you have situations or this and that going on, why aren't you panicking? Right? Why aren't you running through the wall? Why aren't, you know, why aren't your clothes on fire? Everything's just the end of the world. Well, because I trust God. Because his word says to trust him, and so I do. And so we can sit here and say all the time, yes, I trust God, but do our lives reflect that? And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at one person in the Bible that um, illustrates trusting in God incredibly well. But really, if you look, you know, you could, you could just close your eyes and open the Bible and find someone that trusts God. There's, they're all over the place. They're all over the place. I mean, Noah trusted God to build an ark. God said, build an ark. Okay, I don't know what rain is, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to build this thing, even though I'm going to look crazy. Abraham trusted God when he said, sacrifice your son on an altar. Said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I trust that God is going to make a provision. And he did. Esther trusted God when she went to the king and risked her life to do so. Mary trusted God to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit to give birth to Jesus. Jesus trusted God knowing that his plan for his life was the only way for us to spend eternity with him. So there's trust everywhere in the Bible. And the amazing thing is the people that did incredible things for God were the ones that trusted him. That is a common thread and a common theme throughout the Bible for those that did amazing things for God is they trusted him. So again, this morning, do you trust him? We're gonna look at one of my favorite stories in all the Bible Whenever my time up here is over and done preaching, you are going to be well-versed in the story of Joseph because he's one of my favorite uh, to, to talk about, to read about, to get encouragement from, and I hope this finds uh, you in the same boat today, that you're encouraged by what we have to say this morning. Why don't we pray before we get started? Father, thank you so much, Jesus, for what you're already doing this morning, God, for proving yourself faithful. God, and what we've already sung and how it relates to what we're talking about, God, you are, you are saying something to us this morning. And I pray, God, that we would all have ears to hear what you want to say to us, God, that we wouldn't just hear it and leave it here, but we would wrap our arms tight around it, Father, and that it would change us from the inside out, God, that we would be new people when we leave this place today, that we would be hopeful, that we'd be encouraged, and we would have lives that reflect our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we're going to look in Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse 5. It says, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Awesome, right? Good start. So they already hated him. Now they hate him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? 
Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. So he, you know, come on, Joseph. Read the room, buddy. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have another dream. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well and to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? So Joseph has two dreams here, and they mean the same thing. And from the onset, from the very beginning of this time where Joseph has a dream, he's scolded for it. He's got his doubters. He's got people that are saying that's ridiculous, that hate him for it. Right off the bat. So Joseph has this dream, these dreams. They're kind of big dreams, right? But he doesn't quite know what to do with them, so he just tells people. Probably not the smartest thing to do. Not at least in the situation that he's in with his family. But he does. And then from that point forward, for the next 13 years, Joseph's life is on a downward spiral. From the time that God gives him these amazing big dreams, everything in Joseph's life tanks. He gets sold into slavery. He gets falsely accused of rape and he gets thrown in jail, none of which are his fault. So he has this dream, this God-given dream, and then life gets out of control. Life goes down. And throughout these 13 years, Joseph has to ask himself over and over, do I trust God? Because there's this thing over here, this, this dream that I had, and none of it lines up with my reality. None of it makes sense with what I am going through. Joseph could have said these words over and over and over again. He could have said, God, this isn't fair. God, this doesn't make sense. God, I quit. I'm done trusting you because I've done everything that you've asked and the outcome of all those things are attacks against me. And it doesn't make sense. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? It's a big question that we have to ask ourselves. Does our life reflect that? Or does it reflect life isn't fair? Woe is me. All this trouble on me. I quit. I give up. God, I, I believed you on Sunday. I believed you when we sang Surrounded. But it's Monday now, and today is hard, and this isn't fair, and so I quit. What is our reality? Do we believe and trust in God the other six days of the week like we do in worship, like we're in the Word? Or do we say life isn't fair? Because I believe there, that God is a God who gives us dreams, and I believe God gives us big dreams because He is a big and awesome God. And so what we can do is we can take those dreams and we can look at everything else around and say, this doesn't make any sense. Or we can be like Joseph and we can continue to trust God despite our circumstances. Let's join back up with Joseph. So he has these dreams and then all this stuff happens to him in his life. He's sold into slavery. He's, he's falsely accused of rape. He gets thrown in jail. And we're gonna pick it up in Genesis chapter 40, and now Joseph is in jail. Okay, so we fast forward it a little bit. 
And listen to these three words that start in Genesis chapter 40, because if we're careful, we can kind of skim right over them. When we're reading these scriptures, we can just read them, boom, boom, boom. We're going on to the next story, right? The next part of Joseph's life. When really these three words are the meat of his story, where it says in Genesis chapter 40, verse one, some time later, some time later. So we have this gap between the end of chapter 39 and the beginning of chapter 40, where the Bible just says, some time later. What's interesting is in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 40, the Bible calls this prison that Joseph is in, it calls it a dungeon. Kind of gives it a little different context, right? Dungeons are dark, they're dank, they're full of hopelessness. When I think, when I think of prisons like this, my mind goes to, I don't know if any of y'all have seen um, Dark Knight Rises, Batman with Bane. I don't know if you've seen that movie where he's down in the ground, Batman is, and he's just in this hopeless place. That to me is, is, is almost what Joseph is like. It's not, it's not a horizontal prison like we have today. It is down. It is vertical. It is below the ground. And it is far away from any hope. And it's also far away from any light. And that is an important, important factor to consider when we're talking about Joseph because I don't think we will really appreciate his character and his trust in God if we don't understand the fact that he was in darkness. You know, darkness is a funny thing. It, it tends to exaggerate time, right? It extends time further than it actually is. It messes with our reality in a lot of ways. You know, in, in the state of Alaska where there's extended periods of darkness, there's all sorts of depression that goes on there with the people that live there. All sorts of depression. And it all stems from the fact that there's no light because they're just living in darkness. Alaska also is, has the highest rate of suicide in the entire country. You know what's crazy? I read about this this week. I couldn't believe it. It, it actually said that the suicide doesn't happen when it's dark. It happens as the light starts to come back because you see what happens is when they're in the dark, they're lethargic and they're melancholy and they have no motivation. It's just sadness and depression. So they just sit there and endure it. But as soon as the light starts to come, they get some energy back and that's when they kill themselves. It's amazing what darkness does. And Joseph is in this darkness for some time later. And if I can be so bold, I wonder how, much of us can, how many of us can relate to that. Are you in your sometime later right now where it is dark and you've lost track of time and it feels like it's never going to end? Something that we don't read about in the story of Joseph is a timeline for when he's thrown in prison. And it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that he is sentenced to X amount of years. He's just thrown in jail. I mean, just, just by comparison, think about those nights when you can't sleep when your mind's going a, a mile a minute, you had that cup of coffee too late in the day or whatever, and you just, it's like, is this night ever gonna end? Just praying for the sun to come up. That's one night. One night that can drive us crazy. Joseph was in prison for some time later. Back in the fall, we had that experience with Hurricane Dorian. Remember that? Where we didn't know what was gonna happen. It just kind of sat there for what seemed like months on, it might still be out there for all I know. I mean, it's, it was just there. It wasn't going anywhere. And it held the entire state hostage. And by the end of the week, I think everyone was just pressed up against the window, like, get me out of here! I mean, it was like torture that week. That was a week. 
And that was in our house. And the sun was out. And we were losing our minds then. First world problems, people. Come on. When is this hurricane going to pass? So I can go about my day. That was a week. Joseph was in a dungeon, in a prison. People say, yeah, well, he was in charge of the prison. He was still in prison, all right? He was still in prison. He was not free at all. He did not have a choice to leave. He was stuck there in a hopeless, dark, and dank dungeon with what seemed like no end. And all he had was this dream that God had given him and his trust in God to get him through. That was it. Do we trust God? Are we trusting him when the dreams don't line up with our reality? When we're in that dark place and it just feels like it's, it's never gonna end? Let's keep reading. Because believe it or not, it gets worse. Hmm. Genesis, uh, picking it up in, in verse one, uh, it says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them in the prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. My goodness, what a question. Like, can we just pause for a second and understand Joseph's mentality right now? For the trust that he must have in God to recognize problems that other people are facing in this moment. I mean, think about this, they're in jail. Of course they're gonna look troubled, right? This is the place where you look troubled. And it's kind of like the dress code. But Joseph, in his trust in God, is so disconnected from his own plight that he's able to look at these two guys and say, hey, what's wrong? When you trust God, this is what your life looks like. You wanna know what a life that reflects the trust in God looks like? It's this right here with Joseph, where he's got all these troubles, all these things that happen that are unfair to him, all these injustices, no timeline for when it's going to end. And he's able to look at strangers and ask the question, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? Because when we lose trust in God, all we do is become self-absorbed in our own misery, in our own life, that we don't even see what's going on around us. Joseph trusted in God so much that he was able to look at these two guys and ask that profound question, what's wrong? Are you okay? And it doesn't end there. He's going, it says, they replied in verse eight, we both had dreams last night, but no one could tell us what they mean. Here it is. He says, interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. In other words, oh, see, the reason that you haven't had your dreams interpreted is because you're asking the wrong people. You need to ask God, because God is the answer. God can do all things. I mean, that's insane. That answer is insane. Again, think about where Joseph is. Think about his life. And he's saying, oh, don't worry, God's got this. Is that what we're saying? Is that what we're telling people? 
Life's in the gutter. Job's not working out like it should. Marriage is on the rocks. Money's tight. Hey, this is God's business. He's got this. Or do we sound a little different? Do we trust God? Joseph, when hearing this, doesn't hesitate for a second. He says, oh, you're asking the wrong people. This is God's business. Tell me your dream. He's going to interpret it. Not tell me the dream. We'll see what happens. You know, my life's been kind of iffy last 13 years or 11 years. So why don't you tell me? We'll see what happens. He said, no, this is God's business. Tell me I'm going to interpret it for you. Never lose his confidence or trust in God, no matter his circumstances. So he, he, he proceeds to interpret these dreams. Uh, I'll, I'll, you can go read them for yourself if you want. Um, the cupbearer's dream basically means that in three days, he's going to get restored to his position. It involves some grapes. It involves some uh, rose blooms and all that stuff. And lo and behold, it happens. The uh, baker, not so fortunate. His dream means in three days, he's, he's going to be uh, hanged by the king, okay, by the pharaoh. Um, well, we'll save the, the details on that and just kind of skip on down to verse 14. And so after Joseph has interpreted the cupbearer's dream, this is his request. He says, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. That's a pretty simple request, right? Pretty reasonable request. He's like, look, hey, when you get back into your position, could, could you just remember me? Could you just say something to Pharaoh? Because I, I, don't, I don't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. Can you just remember me? You, we see the humanity now in Joseph. To this point, it's almost like he's superhuman. Like, you know, he's not a robot, though. He's not a robot. He's, he's looking at this cupbearer and saying, hey, do me a, I want to get out of here. So we see the desire. It's not like he's just singing show tunes down there and like, hey, everything's great. I can live here the rest of my life. No big deal. I'm going to make the best of it. No, he wants to get out. And it's important to understand that. Joseph wants to leave this prison. But all that time, while he wants to leave, he is still trusting in God. Verse 20 says, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and the chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand his, uh, him Pharaoh's cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Wow. So not only has Joseph been sold into slavery by his own family, accused of rape, thrown into prison, but he did God's work, right? He did God's work, gave God the glory, and the result of that, he was forgotten. He was forgotten. How in the world do you forget something like this? It's not fair. It doesn't make sense. But here he is, sometime later, caring for these guys. The dreams happen exactly like he interprets them. And he's forgotten. Do you trust God? When it's your sometime later, and you feel forgotten, and you're doing everything that God's calling you to do, do you trust him? 
Do you trust him? It continues on. Verse, uh, or chapter 41, verse 1. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed. So there's the sometime later where we find him first time in prison. He's forgotten. And then two full years go by. Two full years of being forgotten in his dark dungeon with all the time in the world to quit on God. All the time in the world to lose trust in God. But I'm going I'm to pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm going to reveal where we mess up and why Joseph didn't. Joseph had this dream, right? All the way back when he was 17 years old and he was still with his family in Canaan. And he has these dreams, big, amazing dreams. But what Joseph does is he says, these are the dreams that God's given me. I'm going to put them here in their rightful place. I'm going to go after God. When we are given dreams, the reason that we lose trust in God is because we start chasing after the dream instead of Jesus. The dream becomes our idol. The dream becomes our savior. So we put all of our hope in this dream and we put God on the side. We chase after Jesus. The byproduct of chasing after Jesus is the dream, not the other way around. Chasing the dream, we don't get the byproduct of Jesus. We get confusion, we get frustration, we get loss of hope, we get depression, suicidal, doubt, all those things. Because we're chasing after the thing, not the God, not our Savior. The dream wasn't nailed to the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross. When we follow after Jesus, the dream takes care of itself. The dream takes care of itself. But we lose trust in God because we're not chasing after him. We're chasing after the dream. And any, anybody in here, wherever you're at, young, old, in the middle, if God has put something on your heart and you're trying to pursue it, make sure it's in its rightful place. Do not put it on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. Chase after him and I promise you, the dream will take care of itself. And that is what Joseph did. In all of this turmoil, in all this trouble, everything that was unfair, he chased after God. He put God in his mouth and on his lips and he kept professing it and believing in him. And he said, this dream will take care of itself. And that is what got him through. But we can't chase the dream. We're just gonna chase our tail all day long. And then the, the ironic thing is we'll get mad at God for it. We'll lose trust in him over it. He's saying, I've been here all along. You're just asking the wrong people. This is my business. Your dream is my business. So chase after me. I'll handle it. So two full years later, not two happy years, not two fast years, two full years. Verse 14, Pharaoh sent for Joseph. It says Pharaoh had a dream, and so he sent for Joseph at once. He was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, 
I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. And listen, listen to Joseph's response here. He says, it is beyond my power to do this, but God can tell you what your dream means. God can interpret your dream. Does that sound like someone that's lost trust in God? Think about this scenario. Joseph's been in prison. He's done everything well. He's interpreted these dreams. This could have been his opportunity. Yes, yes, I'm before the king. I'm before Pharaoh and he needs something from me. So here's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, Pharaoh, I can do it. But if you could grant me my freedom, maybe give me a couple hundred bucks so I can take a bus ride home to my family, that would be awesome. Does that sound like a deal? Is that fair, Pharaoh? Sure, absolutely. All right, tell me your dreams. I mean, that's, that's probably what I would have done. It's, it's time to bargain. Get me out of here. That's my only thought. Get me out of here. So yes, Pharaoh, yes, yes. A thousand times yes. I can interpret your dreams. Joseph says, no. No, I can't. I can't do it. But God can do it. I trust in him. Did the last 13 years, were they easy? No. But I'm not gonna let my circumstances dictate my trust in God because I'm chasing after him. I'm not worrying about the dream. I'm chasing after him. And if that means sometime later and two full years later, so be it. Because I'm gonna trust after him. I'm gonna chase after him. And so no, Pharaoh, I cannot do it. But God can do it. It's challenging. Do you trust God? Do you trust him in, in your life right now, right where you're at? Maybe you're in the sometime later. Maybe you're in the two full years later. Maybe you feel forgotten. Maybe life is unfair. You've been falsely accused or this or that and the other. It just isn't lining up. Can you say, yeah, but my God can do it? Can you say that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I want the band come up and we're gonna close here. I want, I, want to, I want to think about something for a second. Joseph's dream was that his family would bow down to him. That was it. That was the dream. It was two dreams, same thing. My family will bow down to me. And you can try and figure out till the cows come home what that might look like. And I believe God has given you, all of us in here, a dream. I bet you those entire 13 years where Joseph was in waiting, where he was treated unfairly and he was reflecting back on those dreams, he never in a million years thought, you know how this is probably gonna go down? I'm gonna become second in command of the most powerful nation in all the world where whatever I say, people have to do. And I'm gonna save a nation. And I'm gonna be rich, I'm gonna be richy rich. And I'm going to have everything at my disposal. And my family's going to move to Egypt with me. And that is what, you know what, I bet that's what God's doing. I don't think as, as great as Joseph was at dreams, I don't think he could have dreamt that in a million years. You see, God gives us a fraction of the dream. And if we try to chase the dream and make it happen on our own, we are then settling 
for a fraction of God's dream for us. But if we chase after him, we're gonna get to a place when that two full years is over, when that sometime later is over, and we're gonna say, God, I never imagined in my wildest dreams that this is what you had in store. But I've been so consumed with chasing after you, I haven't even, I haven't even noticed. Do you trust God where you're at? Because he's put dreams in all of our hearts. He's put dreams in this church to see us grow, to see us multiply, to see us reach, teach, and send all sorts of people all over this world, into our community, into our, into our living rooms, in our dinner tables. Do we trust him? I'll read these two verses to you. I'm gonna have a time of prayer. 1 Peter 2, verse 20 says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. This is commendable. When you endure the hard times, when you endure the dungeons, when you endure the mistreatments, you say, God, I trust you. It's commendable to him. And then two of my favorite verses in all the Bible, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, you want to know why your dream and your reality might not be matching up? Because your thoughts aren't his thoughts. Your ways aren't God's ways. God was using that time with Joseph to teach him, to ready him for a position that he never could have dreamt of. He was in charge of, an, of a house. He was in charge of a prison. And then he was in charge of an entire nation. God is preparing us. So we need to start chasing after him. What does that look like? It's in the mornings, falling on your knees in prayer. It's opening your Bible with expectation that he is going to speak to you. It means, for the love of God, coming to church on Sunday mornings and getting encouraged, praying with your spouse, reaching out to someone else, say, hey, pray for me in this. Having worship on in your car when you feel bad, when you feel down, when you feel like you're about to give up trust and hope. Say, no, God, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to chase after you. The dream is always there, but let God handle it so we don't settle for a fraction of what he has for us. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Can you say, I can't, but my God can, even when it's been some time later in two full years? Let's stand up. Pastors and elders, why don't you come on up? We're gonna pray. If you've been in that place where you've just had a hard time, life is hard, and all you wanna do is scream from the rooftops, God, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. When is my time up? When can I leave this dungeon? When am I gonna be able to step into the light? I wanna pray for you this morning. We're gonna praise before our breakthrough, right? That's how we fight our battles with Jesus and pursuing him. And I wanna make a special invitation to you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, the God who gives us our dreams and gives us more than we could ever ask and is with us in the hard places. You know what God's dream for us was? It wasn't be really good. Be a really good person. 
obey these laws, don't speed, treat animals nice, whatever. And then maybe you can get to heaven. That's kind of that's the world's dream. God's dream was this. I'm gonna send my son to die for you. He's gonna be raised again. It's gonna make a way for you because you can't do it, but I can. Just like Joseph said, he knew we can't do it, but I can. So God's dream for us in eternity was sacrificing his son for us. That's his dream, that we would accept him so that he can walk with us in the dark places. If you haven't received Jesus, know that it's not about what you can or can't do. It's about what he's done for you. It's those same words that Joseph said, we can't do it, but God has done it for us. So come on up as I pray. Father, thank you, Jesus, for your plans for us, for the dreams that you give us. God, that we can find hope when it seems hopeless. God, when those two full years seem like they'll never end, when the sometime laters feel like it's never going to end, when life treats us unfair, that we can say with complete confidence, I can't, but God can. Father, help us to chase after you and not the dream. Help us to not get that twisted. God, we want to chase after you. Put the dream in your hands and know that you'll take care of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the dream that you had for us and that was to spend eternity with you that you made a way. Thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. If you need prayer this morning, come on up.